0: And my name is Adrian Pope. And today we're going to be talking about the recent Tulsa-Oklahoma rally Donald Trump did. Um, Just right off the bat, not quite as uh, well attended as they were hoping. Um, The final attendance was just over 6,000, about 6,200, according to the final um, firefighter reports. This is a big break from the expectations that Brad Parscale, who is uh, Donald Trump's Campaign manager was kind of uh, making everybody believe because he kept tweeting out every time the, uh, the tickets that people ordered got up to like 600,000, then 800,000, and then a million signups. And then it ended up being a bunch of uh, people just, uh, you know, famously, everyone's talking about Gen Z uh, going and, you know, res- like reserving a bunch of tickets for themselves and then not going um so maybe brad parscale has a five billion dollar lawsuit you know in his inbox right now courtesy of donald trump for being pissed off um yeah for the record from their their estimate of a million right that was their high-end hopes and dreams uh the actual attendance was uh, apparently point uh six percent of that (laughs) (laughs) less than one percent of people yeah so and it's a funny um, thing to brag about too because like the the whole attendance of like the building itself is it was what like twenty thousand below thirty thousand for sure, but it's not too big. It wouldn't of a even venue. made sense for a million people to have shown up. Right, there wouldn't have been enough room in the area around the building outside, let alone inside. Yeah. But they did. They the expectations were so high. They built a giant stage outside for an overfill area that was that uh, had basically nobody really there. And then the campaign actually sent out a text saying, "Hey, come inside. There's still space." And the uh, the people who put up the stage started taking it down well before the rally was over <laughs> just because mm. no one was really outside. Um, and that's funny to imagine those workers spending all day to build it <laughs> and right. then no one coming and nothing happening and yeah. then having to, to deconstruct it and take it down. Do you think Donald Trump is not going to pay these costs because he's so pissed off, you know, <laughs> he's not going to pay Tulsa all the security costs and stuff like that? Well, it's funny because if you imagine all the money, all the Republican donated money being wasted, uh, especially buying ad times in Washington, D.C., a state that typically votes overwhelmingly Democratic solely for the purpose of making Donald Trump feel better when he sees those ads on (laughs) cable TV in D.C., it's nice to know that they wasted another big chunk of money just for a a stage that no one used. Yeah, yeah. and it is certainly. The return on investment for this uh this entire event must be pretty low, right? Right. I mean you spent all that money sending all those people uh to uh Tulsa. Uh you had the the stage, you had all the planners who were I, presumably you had enough planners and people there and staff ready for at least sixty thousand people, which they thought was their lowest end estimate of how many people were gonna show up. So, I mean, the the whole thing for 6,200 supporters to show up uh, must have been a pretty low uh, return on that investment. In a state that is like one of the most reliably solid red states in the entire country. (laughs) So as a campaign event, really didn't do much for him. Um, And then just real quick on another side note, someone on Twitter was saying that... uh, Brad Parscale scale and this event ticket signups forgot to put like the box where you have to check that I'm over 18 that is according to uh, <laughs> law, um, campaign yeah. law. So um, the, the fine for doing, for not having that, uh, or for basically the fine for having information from all these minors who presumably, uh, you know, Gen Z is being uh, uh, commended for going on and, you know, reserving all these tickets and then never intending to show up. And a lot of them are under 18, so that's kind of a big campaign no-no. And uh, somebody did the math, and because so many people signed up, presumably the, uh, you know, probably nothing will happen from this. Trump's kind of impervious to apparently to all campaign and finance laws. But uh, if you add up all the people who did that with all the fine, of it's like eight, like $1,800 or something like that for the fine, and like the total would be over a billion dollars in fines for the Trump campaign. Which, like I said, not gonna happen, but it would be funny to see Donald Trump have to give up all of his campaign money for this. and <laughs> Start back at zero. <laughs> uh, but let's get into the substance of the rally. Uh, it started with Donald Trump Jr.'s girlfriend, Kim Weefoyle. Uh, one note I wrote down that, was, uh, that I thought was noteworthy from her was that she said, North Korea is not afraid of Joe Biden, implying that North Korea was afraid of Donald Trump which is ironic because uh, Joe Biden has never said that Kim Jong-un is his lover, and Joe Biden has never waxed poetically about all the beautiful love letters that Kim Jong-un writes him, which Donald Trump has done both. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know why North Korea would be afraid of Trump at all. I don't know what the, what the point of her saying that even is. Is that like something that uh, Republicans are going to be looking for this election campaign? Uh, Are they going to decide whether or not they're going to vote for Trump because of who North Korea is more afraid of? Uh, Because think of the cognitive dissonance that would require if a Republican voter were to decide, I'm going to vote for the person North Korea is most afraid of. How much in the last four years would you have to forget of Trump, like you said, falling in love with Kim Jong-un would it take (laughs) to make you think that that North Korea (laughs) feared Trump? Especially because after the Singapore meeting... North Korea got everything they wanted and then immediately started testing their missiles again. So there wasn't even a temporary lull uh, uh, with that kind of engagement with North Korea because they're still doing what we didn't want them to be doing at the beginning of Trump's administration. So in that regard, it's kind of a failure. But yeah, to think that that's a good reason to vote for Trump. Well, I mean, it's it's, the whole rally is just the the greatest hits of Donald Trump's lies, you know. (laughs) You know, every rally he does, you know, the next day, all the fact checkers from New York Times and Washington Post and PolitiFact and all that, you know, they just have like a laundry list of all the best of lies that they just all believe. Um, There's a funny joke people are saying about how Donald Trump right now is like Elvis in 77 when he was just (laughs) like... Hopped up on drugs and overweight and just singing the, uh, singing the classics for whatever money and people would show up to see him. Right. Speaking of drugs, just a side note on Donald Trump Jr., uh, the, a thing was going around that you see it a lot on social media that people like Donald Trump Jr. are doing these little ad spots for various Republican senators for reelection and stuff like that. And there's this one Donald Trump Jr. does, uh, I forget which Republican he's endorsing, but it's a 30-second advertisement in which he does not blink once. So people are speculating <laughs> what kind of, like, stimulant drugs he's on. Because I watched it myself. Literally for 30 seconds, he does not he does not blink. <laughs> kind of interesting. Uh, but, yeah, so that was kind of the main thing Kim Guifoyle said. You know, it's not not much of substance. After her came up, Diamond and Silk, who are basically the kind of, like, uh, I don't... Tokens? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, of that, I don't know which one's which, but only one of them was really talking the whole time, and the other one was kind of, like, doing a callback kind of, uh, shtick, I guess. Um... I'll be honest, I've never heard any of them talk, and I've never seen any of their YouTube videos, but I know that they're very big in conservative circles right now just because they love Trump. It's like the Kanye effect, right? That, like, people who don't give a shit about these people normally... Like, how many, how many white male baby boomers who, you know, represent the... Majority of Trump's base really care about Kanye, but suddenly Kanye's pro-Trump and everybody loves Kanye on the right, right? (laughs) Yeah, make any sense. That's a good point because a lot of Kanye's lyrics are all about kind of like racism and and, you know A lot of his albums have so much anger that you might be able to say is directed at various systemic uh, Some of the systemic problems that conservatives right now are very adamant are not occurring do not exist should, that we shouldn't have any solutions for these problems because they don't exist. So, just, talk, mm-hmm. you know, it's just that, oh, he said something about the guy I like. It's like the friend of my friend is my best friend or whatever. <laughs> anyway, so after that, let's see, what else did Diamond and Silk say? She said, uh, oh, she, you know, Diamond and Silk are saying all lives matter, kind of ironically. You'd think they would uh, understand the gravity of the moment of Black Lives Matter. Um, but no. Um, They said that the U.S. does not go by Sharia law, which is kind of interesting, I thought, because Obama is no longer president. So, you know, a lot of conservatives thought he was a Muslim trying to convert us to Arab and convert us to Sharia law. But, like, Donald Trump has been president for three and a half years. So it's like, do they think just all Democrats now are all for Sharia law? Like, I thought it was just for Obama, but apparently it's Democrats, you know, at large. That's like another example of how this... Trump re-election campaigns, really just the best of the 2016 mixtape, because I mean, Sharia law, how is that a thing? AOC doesn't talk about Sharia law and no one thinks she's a Muslim. No one thought Bernie was a Muslim and no one heard Bernie say we need to bring Sharia law. And least of all, you know, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, and Joe Biden aren't talking about bringing Sharia law. So the idea that someone would even say that, I mean, that's just like Sarah Palin getting up there and just saying whatever came to her mind like, just the random talking point she had heard. Right. And then just, you know, put into every situation and circumstance she was talking, regardless of what it actually meant or, you know, what topics were being, you know, discussed whatsoever. Yeah, and you know, one thing I find really interesting about Sharia law is that Sharia law is not, like, one body of code that everyone agrees to and is, like, this, you know, un- unchangeable thing. Like, Sharia law mm. it basically just means it's, like, the interpretation of the Quran. So if you look at Sharia law from like uh, Indonesia, it's going to be way different than the quote unquote Sharia law of like, uh, you know, Palestine or Egypt or whatever. So in many ways, it's like when conservatives want to have our law system based totally off the Bible, that's basically what Sharia law is. So really it's like Republicans are the ones who want Sharia law, as in laws not based on like human rights um, like, we can logically figure out and codify, but just like someone's relatively fundamentalist interpretation of random passages of the Bible, you know? So that, mm-hmm. that's just one more irony in the whole ideology of what, you know, conservatives believe in contemporary times. Uh, another thing Diamond and Silk said um, they suggest Americans with a problem with America can leave, which is always, you know, that's a. That works wonders in conservative circles. This is America. If you don't like Trump, you can leave. If you don't like... Uh, although it's ironic, too, because then, like, you know, they have a lot of problems with Obama but don't want to leave. So it's just, it flip-flops every uh, yeah. every change of party. Well, um, if- it's because they feel that they have some kind of strange but, like, automatic American citizenship and American, um, I guess... Uh, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but they just believe that America is theirs and anytime their people aren't in power, or their ideas aren't being implemented, that somehow America has been taken from them. Yeah. Uh, which is just kind of ludicrous since we live in a multi-party, multi-racial, uh, multi-racial and uh, pluralistic society. You, you know, there's there's other people in this country besides uh, right wingers. Um, right. They also called uh, Joe Biden Jim Crow Joe. <laughs> 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 which uh kind of like being on that the wrong... doesn't even make sense yeah that doesn't even begin to make sense and it's like kind of, well the, you know i think they're thinking is that like you know when joe biden took, started being in congress in the late 70s there were still some like jim crow politicians who granted were like mostly southerners and conservatives who so today would you know basically be like uh Who's that guy in Alabama? Yeah, pro Trump, yeah, obviously. But like the guy in Alabama, right? The the pedophile dude. What's his name? Oh yeah, he ran against Doug Jones. Yeah, um, that dude. Wow, what's his name? Basically, that dude, like an old time conservative who, uh, you know, again, it's like the the by you know Sharia law, like do everything by the Bible, but my interpretation of the Bible, and not anyone else's interpretation of the Bible. Yeah. Um, they were also saying vote R-E-D, like R-E-D, R-E-D, like a chant for remove all Democrats. But, you know, a little play on words because red is for Republicans, but remove all Democrats, is it, you is know. <laughs> R-E-D was remove all Democrats? That's not... Wouldn't that be... Re- uh, red, oh, you know what? That's a good red. point. I don't know if... You know what? I, that that is actually a really good point. I don't know if I just wrote this wrong, Where remove every Democrat. I don't know. Maybe we should look that up. I wrote that down, but uh, that, that would be <laughs> hilarious if there was a gross spelling error. <laughs> Oh, and then uh, last thing I have for Diamond and Silk is that, uh, you know, they claim the media are the enemy of the people. And it's funny because all these rallies, all of the speakers are just pointing at the, ra- uh, the media, you know, the big section of the media filming it. And just like, look at these trash, these vermin, you know, basically like just right in front of the crowd. The crowd starts booing. <laughs> it's just like they're just sitting there filming a rally. If anything, they're helping get Trump's message out, given that they're like oh, they're, literally okay. filming what they're saying. Yeah, and I mean, there's plenty of stupid cheers during that whole thing, which we'll get to. It reminds <laughs> the me of that, that they were uh, cheering for. Yeah, I think it's a Rick and Morty meme where it's like people are booing Rick, and he just goes, "Ah, oh, you know, boo all you want. I don't care about your boos. I see what you cheer for." <laughs> it's basically <Yeah>. that. <laughs> uh, so after Diamond and Silk came Laura Trump, who is Eric Trump's wife. Eric Trump followed Laura. Uh, speaking, um, it's just fascinating i don't want to get too much like just judging them as people but it is interesting seeing laura and eric together because eric looks kind of like he could maybe be a re- her, like really old son just because eric looks so doofy and young um <laughs> so laura the main note i took away from her that i thought was funny was uh it's just that, like, why is she there getting paid for this? Like, why are so many of Trump's opener's family on the payroll getting paid with his supporters' money? Like, if they actually cared about getting reelected, wouldn't Trump's family want to work for free to support their dad so that the money could go to, like, television ads or, you know, digital, just any kind of advertising? Well, especially that's since they're already them, kind of rich. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And because they're rich. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, so they're just—they're literally just taking money from Republican donors. So if you donate money to Trump or his campaign, I hope you feel good that uh, the money's going to airtime and DC stages that no one will use, and then people in Trump's uh, immediate family and their spouses. Yeah, they're getting paid. So, like Congratulations! Aren't they getting paid like fifteen thousand a month, which you know adds yeah, up? Yeah, they're getting over like here. paid. They're they're all getting over a hundred hundred thousand a year, um, and think of how much uh, Brad Parscale makes. and yeah. um, you know the Lincoln Project was making fun of him and showing pictures of him driving like a newly bought Ferrari or something, or some kind <laughs> yeah, of sports car, all with tr- You know Trump's campaign money. It's funny yeah. too because remember in 2016. Uh, Donald Trump was making such a big deal any time the campaign would want to spend money like that he raised for his campaign. And Donald Trump would get pissed at them that his campaign managers and people would want to spend the campaign money because Donald Trump literally thought that money was his.
1: <laughs> just, yeah.
0: <laughs> just so dumb. Um, and, you know, that but might He wanted to get rid of the transition team and didn't he accuse them of stealing his effing money or something? Like right. Chris Crispy. Chris Christie um eric trump followed laura trump and they had this weird awkward moment where eric trump asked laura trump what she was going to get him for father's day and she basically said like i don't know you'll have to see and that just cracks me up because it makes you think like is she getting anything in the same way that like you know, Donald Trump, every Mother's Day and Melania's birthday, gets asked what he's doing for Melania. And he literally doesn't even have the sense to lie and say something, like flowers or a card. Like, he literally just says, you know, we're, we're working on that, you know. She's going to like it, but, like, literally won't actually say anything. And it's just kind of well, funny. It's funny, too, because if you think that moment between them was scripted, right, Laura Trump, and <laughs> yeah, Eric? Is like, right. that part of the program? Yeah, me <laughs> saying, I don't know, you'll have to see. Um, yeah then eric got up he said uh oh i guess some guy in the audience was wearing a build the wall suit and he pointed him out it's like build the wall suit is back stand up and like people cheer and then uh you know people start chanting like four more years and stuff and he goes my father's building a lot of walls (laughs) which you know it always brings up the uh The counter chant of renovate existing fencing, renovate existing fencing, (laughs) because they all claim that Trump has built like 200 miles of wall, and uh, that's not really true. (laughs) Um, Let's see, Eric Trump also said, uh, it's amazing how hard my father works every day for America, which, you know, he's kind of famous for golfing. And maybe infamous for his executive hours where he's not doing anything but sitting in the residency watching Fox News, (laughs) you know. Well, we know he doesn't do a lot because they actually publish his daily schedule and a lot of times, like I saw one the other day, it was like, um, it had executive time and then it was like, has lunch with the vice president and that was it. (laughs) Right. Um, which is kind of a criticism of bolton he said that uh, trump only took his briefings like maybe twice a week and and personally thought he should be doing briefings every day and that trump he never saw trump really reading anything which is kind of funny so i mean (laughs) the fact that trump is working so hard for america is just simply i mean it's objectively not true right um eric also said that uh he, he repeatedly said that joe biden is in the basement that's kind of like a recurring thing that they're saying they keep saying that it's been like 80 days since Joe Biden has had a press conference, but that like doesn't uh, hold true to the fact that Joe Biden's not in his basement not doing anything. He hasn't done a press conference. But he's still doing events and speeches around, so it's a little <laughs> misleading to act like he, he's <laughs> well, only so been in the too. basement for 80 days. <laughs> Shouldn't that be a little like self-deprecating, I guess, in a way? Because uh, the fact that he's beating him—yeah—if <laughs> like, right. you were a football team, if you were a football team and did the same play every single time but always got a touchdown or was still ahead <laughs> by the third quarter, right. and the other team just couldn't figure out how to get a point. Like, that is literally the epitome of this uh, campaign right now. The fact that Biden is doing nothing and he's up, uh, you know, 6.9 points in Florida. You know, nationwide, <laughs> yeah, right. he's up 10 points among people 65 and over. You know, women, he's up, what, 20 points? Like, I don't think this is a losing strategy and making fun of him is just stupid on their part. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean, you know, it's, it's not logical, logical thinkers is... that love them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, true. 100% yeah uh eric keeps he promises that we're gonna win he says we're going to keep the moral fabric of this country and then like right after that called protesters animals (laughs) just kind of like you know maybe dehumanizing in many ways (laughs) um but it is funny like the idea that donald trump will keep the moral fabric of the country when donald trump's like currently being investigated and or sued and or criticized constantly for like obstruction of justice campaign finance fraud, sexual assault. they say assault? that? The moral? Yeah, Eric like, said the that. The moral? Right. Oh, wow. That, that reminds me, so there was a, vi- Jimmy Kimmel had a video where he was interviewing some lady on what it would take for her not to support Donald Trump. And <laughs> yeah. she said, inf- she said infidelity if she cheated, if he cheated on Melania. And then, you know, the person and announced, you know, they were like, Uh, Well, what about Stormy Daniels? It's like, well, that happened 10 years ago. And it's like, so (laughs) what you're saying is there's literally no moral uh, issues that you have with Donald Trump. And even if he broke him, you wouldn't be that mad about him. right? Um, Eric goes out of his way to say, we're going to say Merry Christmas, which is... uh, you know, usually, that's great. Usually they stick to that around November, December, but uh, he's breaking that one out well, early. Well, they're starting it out early. <laughs> yeah. Breaking it in, in mid-June. Ooh, yeah. that's, a, right. that's a record. Yeah. Uh, watching Eric just in general, my main note was, I wrote, oh, that's why everyone makes fun of Eric. Because I haven't actually listened yeah. to Eric <laughs> talk very much. Maybe an occasional little soundbite from like something he says stupid on Fox News, but uh, he's kind of dumb. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Let's see. Oh yeah, and there were real long awkward pauses. I thought in this rally, I think maybe maybe everything just had to change because of the uh, not having the outdoor thing. But like after each person spoke, there were like really long pauses. And I had been to a, I've been to a Bernie rally before. I've been to events. I went to an event for um, um, I think Hillary Clinton in 2016 with like Claire McCaskill and Joe Biden. And it's just like all the political events that I've been to, I don't ever really remember just like in between speakers, a long period of time where there's nothing. Like before Trump spoke, there was like a 20 minute, like just nothingness. And I just found that a little weird for, a, uh, for an event. Um, let's see. Um, um, oh yeah, in general, a note is that there was a big fail because the upper deck of the crowd was very, very thin and sparse and non-existent. Uh, A couple times they pointed out Jim Jordan was there, not wearing a mask. But ironically, the Secret Service helping protect, you know, all the VIPs are wearing masks. Uh, But then after Eric Trump comes Mike Pence, our fearless vice president. Um, He claims that the wall has been built again, repeats that lie. And then he says, uh, he goes, like, the wall has been built and just wait. Like, implying, like, just wait for more wall. (laughs) It's like, for what, four more years? Like, you know what are we waiting for? Um, he, <laughs> yeah. he he brags about Trump shutting down travel from China as if that was all it took to stop coronavirus and cure America from the pandemic, which obviously you well, know it's like the only thing Trump did, so that's all they have to go by. So <laughs> yeah. I mean. And I don't know why you're... (laughs) It goes against the fact that like most of the travel, most of the COVID cases they suspect came from European travel, right? Because it's a global pandemic, right? A pandemic is global. So shutting off one country doesn't stop COVID from coming in from other countries, you know? Well, yeah, especially if you're from China and you go to Japan and then to America. Like, just taking down... Or uh, not allowing (laughs) flights from Wuhan to come or China is not necessarily going to solve the problem, especially after... Coronavirus spreads to other countries. Yeah. And then watching Pence speak in this, I was just thinking to myself, like, there's no way that Mike Pence is going to stay on the ticket, right? If Trump is down by 10 points right now, you know, <laughs> yeah, and a second wave a of point. COVID is coming, like, he's, like Donald Trump is just going to have to fire Pence just to shake things up, right? He, there's no way Pence is going to stay on the ticket. So I'm sure Pence is doing, you know, sucking up, you know, hardcore and like Pence is going out there and saying... What do you, you know, saying things about coronavirus and even repeating the absurd uh, rationale that like the only reason our cases is up is because we're testing and that COVID will stop being a problem if we just stop testing for it. Like that, I mean, to go out there and say that and be a thinking adult human being who's, you know, alive uh, and has a functional brain like that just kind of uh, really makes you wonder about them. Um, yeah. what, what do you think? Do you think it's certain that Pence is going to be off the ticket? Like, I, I would really bet certainly. money They on were it. talking about it, they were talking about it like a year ago, right? And yeah. it I mean, at some point, if you're, you got to change something up and you can't change the presidential incumbent. So if you're going to shake things up to try to even the odds of Joe Biden, you know, at least as polls go, right. Um, they're probably going to kick him off. What do you think he would pick? Like, well, he, I, I think, and, you know, we'll see what Trump does because he doesn't really listen to advice very well. Um, But, I mean, how would his advisors not try to convince him to pick someone serious, right? Like Nikki Haley or something. Um, Someone who real Republicans actually like. Which is funny because I think the never-Trumpers at this point don't, you know, if they had picked Mitt Romney to be vice president, you know, they wouldn't care. It's all about Trump and getting him out. So, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know who they'll pick. It doesn't really matter because I don't think it'll matter. Um, at ha- all what's my guess would be it'd be a woman because uh, Trump's bleeding suburban women and uh, mm-hmm. even white women who you know his whole his whole kind of stick is like you know make America white again <laughs> so he really mm-hmm. needs those white suburban women to come back out Nikki Haley would yeah. probably be the one if I had to bet money right now I'd put my money oh, on yeah. that Oh yeah and she's I mean, done there a good job of, about that go ahead before yeah yeah I think she's uh she's one of the few people who managed to get out of the Trump administration with her Kind of integrity intact and still liked relatively by Trump. So I mean, yeah. Uh, granted, you know, you can say it's a, maybe a little opportunistic or politically uh, like uh, oily or whatever, um, lizardy or whatever. But like, uh, <laughs> well, Nikki lizardy, ha- lizard. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, then uh, Pence claims that uh, this is kind of the new Trump talking point that the silent majority. Uh, is behind Trump, which is ironic because, like in like in polls, he's losing by ten. So it's like what majority? <laughs> the silent majority who refuses to tell polls that they like Trump. Um, he talks a lot. Well, about- I guess the, the silent majority kind of implies the people, you know, because a lot of polls only go by registered voters or likely to people to vote. So I mean, in theory, if you have a hundred million Americans who don't even vote. Um, the idea that, you know, maybe a bunch of them are underreported in polls, but I mean, I don't, I don't don't think there's gonna be that many people going out to vote for Trump this time. I think it's, uh, is that like a pipe dream when your polls are crushed around you and you're just getting destroyed by Biden, who's not even doing anything? Right. That that's like a pipe dream. I mean... Uh, they're, they're at risk of being like uh, Karl Rove in the 2012 election, you know, not conceding that Obama won. And <laughs> that saying, hey, there's a couple still counties out there. Or remember Cleveland. Remember that? Yeah. Or, remember the Cleve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, assuming that there was going to be like somehow Ohio or a bunch of other swing states were going to flip. Like, I mean, polling as a science has its problems, but it's still scientific, right? right. So I mean, if the margin of error is 4%, but, you know, to some degree, that's still based on something real. So I don't know right. I don't know how they're going to try to swing. I think it's just them trying to make Trump feel better. Yeah. Also, it's not really a silent majority because so many of Trump fans are very loudly, you know, like every video there's a or every week there's a new video of like some blatant racism being just ranted out in like a Walmart parking lot by some Trump supporter holding a Confederate flag. They're really not silent. And, you know. Because they're not really silent, maybe it's not at all a majority hiding in the wings ready to vote for Trump again. Um, mm-hmm. Pence was also talking about how, the, you know, the left is so radical. And then he constant, you know, the whole the whole rally was then just talking about how radical and, you know, monsters and basically like all up to the point of saying like Democrats are all subhuman. But then they always talk about how we're going to unite America, equality and justice for all, every religion and creed. And it's like nothing about Trump's administration and the work they've done suggests they actually care about being equal with every religion and every creed. Uh, Pence called the the Republicans the party of Abraham Lincoln, which is very ironic because I I encourage all of our listeners to uh, look up Abraham Lincoln's 1864 Republican uh, platform. During that election and just see how uh, how much of like contemporary liberal politics are uh, jammed in there. Um, Pence also said, you know, he mentioned how by the end of Trump's administration, they're kind of projected to have 300 federal judges picked by Trump, which I guess you can say that's one of the few accomplishments of Trump. But it is kind of scary for our judicial system, given that, you know, it's Trump picking them. And uh, you know Mitch McConnell is not at all worried about you know the Senate actually advising and consenting to those judges. Um, he just kind of rams them through. Um, and then he takes credit. Oh, this is a big one. Uh, when Trump gets up there, actually, he, uh, he he's constantly taking credit for the VA choice and accountability, the Veterans Affairs bill. But as everyone keeps saying, Obama passed that in 2014. But Trump is just like nonstop <laughs> taking credit for that. Um, And this gets fact checked all the time, but he still says it. Um, And I think at this point in my notes, this is where Trump's talking, so we're in a Trump territory now. Um, Trump says that he's going to drain the swamp, and he said, I never knew it was so deep, which is ironic because, you know, say what you will about Trump, he actually is kind of draining the swamp when he fires his own people he's picked because they're so bad or doing illegal things, you know? So in many ways, when Trump fires somebody... That's not really draining the swamp. That's like making the swamp bigger and then just letting out some of the water that you (laughs) put in, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah, I guess that's true. But, you know, hey, better than nothing. Better than all the swamp monsters, you know, being in there for, you know, the whole administration. Um, Let's see. Um, He's talking about... Oh, he talks about the protests, the Black Lives Matter protests. And Trump, you know, king of exaggeration, says that uh, it that the protests look like giant fires the biggest fires he's ever seen it looks like the whole town is burning like that washington dc go to a church stunt he did so he's claiming it looked yeah. like all of dc was burning and it was the biggest fire he'd ever seen which you know quintessential trump exaggeration um trump claims that he's done a phenomenal job with stopping covid which you know you can talk for a week on how that's not true um, Trump again says, you know, slow the... America is literally the worst affected country in the world. Yeah, right. Now. right. <laughs> and, and we're going to stay that way unless Russia and Brazil uh, creep up and beat us. But until then, America is the worst by far. And it's funny because everything Trump says about that is just a lie. He says we have the best testing in the world, which isn't true, which is ironic. He says we, we are testing so good that's the only reason we have cases. So it's like the amount of stupidity. And he said that during the... Uh, the rally that you know they you know he asked can we please stop the testing because then we'll have fewer cases but that's like saying, well, if you if you never take a pregnancy test, you're never going to be pregnant. But that's not true. You <laughs> yeah, can't right. still get pregnant and have a baby just because yeah. you didn't take a pregnancy test. Trump literally is just unhappy that the numbers are so high and making him look bad, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Trump at one point says, slow the testing down, please. They test and they test. We got another one here. You know, basically implying that every kid who gets the sniffles gets counted as COVID, which is not really what's <laughs> happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, Let's see. And it, it like I, I wrote down the question that I got. It's like, are these people stone cold uh, crazy? Like when, like all the stuff that Trump is saying about Democrats, how they're rabid and they're they're monsters, and the protesters are like animals. You know, it's like when do, whenever do Democrats just with a, like paint with a broad brush all Republicans? You know? Do yeah. You know? Do Democrats like Democrats would never get away with saying like. Something like Alabama is filled with hillbilly, marble-mouthed goat fuckers, you know. But Trump, yeah. Trump says relatively <laughs> similar stuff about Democrats all the time. And you know, for the record, some of those words I just mentioned about Alabama are things that Donald Trump has said about Jeff Sessions, who's from Alabama, <laughs> like a hillbilly, marble-mouth. You know, that's literally shit he says about his own voters, um, which. Uh- I don't even. He sounds like when he said. uh, He sounds like he has marbles in his mouth when he talks. Like I don't even know if I get that. I guess kind of talking about like the slower paced like kind of draw, like southern drawl. That's so funny, and it's it's you know it sounds like something from a long time ago that someone would say, and it makes sense because Trump's old. Yeah, right. But he talks like he has marbles in his mouth. Yeah, weird thing to. Not a very contemporary uh, (laughs) insult there. Or Um, you called him Mr. Magoo. Yeah, very, very contemporary uh,
1: (laughs) metaphor there.
0: (laughs) And then another note I wrote down, it's kind of funny that, like, in the background, you know, right behind Trump uh, is, like, every minority in the room. (laughs) And the whole thing is, like, they positioned them right behind Trump. So there were, were, like, three black guys or something, and then two, like, an Asian couple wearing Trump stuff. And, you know, positioned conspicuously right behind Trump. And it's, like, everyone else is white you know so it's like it's actually kind of nice like if you're if you're a minority and you actually do like trump it's actually kind of nice because you go to the rally and someone spots you i was like oh hey let's get you the best spot in the room yeah. <laughs> and you'll be on tv for two hours you know so i guess that's actually yeah. kind of a convenient if you're one of the few minorities that uh you know relatively sure. that likes trump um and then we get to the the most uh The most animated Trump gets in the rally. He spends about 20 minutes ranting about that West Point ramp and the uh, glass of water that he couldn't drink. And I'm gonna, these are some of the quotes that he was saying. He says that uh, he mentions how in the thing he's saluting the cadets and he has to salute the cadets like 600 times so his arm is sore. He says it was like a workout. (laughs) And that's why like his arm was sore so he couldn't drink the cup. He needed the second hand to lift up you know, the cup to his mouth to take a drink. And then um, at one point, he pulls out a cup of water and then drinks from it just to show everybody in the audience that he's capable of taking a like drinking a glass of water. And it's just like the most childish thing. And the whole crowd cheers. And it's just like that quote again, like, God, you know, I I see what you people cheer. You can boo Democrats all you want. But Donald (laughs) Trump took a glass of water and you're acting like it's the second coming of Jesus Christ or something. Um, And then he's got a long rant about the ramp and about how he was wearing leather shoes and the steel ramp had no handrail. And he keeps saying the lie that he ran for the last 10 feet. But if you watch the video, he does like a quick, he does like three steps fast and he's at the bottom. So, like, the whole idea that he ran for like 10 feet is like half the ramp you know (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. like i mean that like once again it's just he exaggerates everything and that's actually something he brings up in the speech a lot he kept mentioning to the the media that he would say something like oh there were like west pointers there something to the effect of like you know there were like 600 of them oh but i gotta be exactly right because if i'm if it was 602 people the fake news will say i exaggerate and i lie about everything and it's just kind of funny that he like constantly brings that up like referencing him being accused of exaggerating and lying with bad examples when he does always exaggerate and lie like preposterously yeah. uh, let's see um and then uh, oh yeah it reminds me uh, the whole rant about the ramp which again was like 20 minutes like he spent longer on this than any other topic of the speech But it reminded me of an article I wrote for the Halfway Post a while back about how the uh, North Korea peace deal was derailed because North Korea's only demand was for Trump to climb up a single flight of stairs. (laughs) You know, it's like perfect satire because, like, Donald Trump, you know, screwed up walking down a ramp, and he's just obsessing with it and going to a rally to, you know, have the crowd cheer him on for (laughs) walking down a ramp, you know, and not falling on his butt. Um, Let's see. Um... And it's funny, too, because he's always talking about how the media... He kept mentioning how the media, like, is making fun of him for the water glass and the RAM. And then, like, it's ironic because, you know, every chance he gets, he basically implies that Joe Biden's, like, a brain-dead jello brain dude. <laughs> you know, he's like, that Joe Biden is, like, physically too old and, like, he's, like, got dementia and is incapable of doing anything. Um, so that, that cracks me up. Oh, and then another big thing Trump did is... He, he said that if... He, he's suggesting that if you burn the U.S. flag, you should go to jail for one year. What, what are your thoughts on that? He literally said that, like, multiple times the other day. Well, I think the whole... Uh, that whole idea is so stupid that you can't burn the flag, that you can't sit or kneel during the uh, uh, national anthem. It's just so stupid because the First Amendment says that you can do whatever you want. You have freedom of speech, right? And the Supreme Court has already determined that like burning flag burning is an act of expression and therefore protected by the first amendment so like that's the th- the way I see it is that the first amendment says that you can do whatever you want to the flag and it says literally you can do whatever you want during the national anthem right so what kind of country with freedom do you want to live in where you don't actually have the freedom to just like take a symbol and do whatever you want with it right like in America you can make a cartoon with someone peeing or burning the American flag that's just like our freedom, right? You might not agree with it, but it makes no sense to try to ban that. So, I mean, especially... It's funny talking or hearing Trump talk about when and what people should go to jail for since he's actually committed crimes and, and, you know, for all we know, (laughs) might actually get arrested after he loses the next election. Yeah. So, I mean, it's real rich, right? And especially... (laughs) I mean, if he really believes this so strong, I mean, this is a classic Republican wedge issue, right? You know, Republicans, for example, talk about abortion for decades. But then how many times in the last 30 years have they had control of the, the Senate and Congress and not done anything about abortion? Right. right? So the idea that they can, compl- it's, it's just a way to like gin up. I mean, the last thing Republicans want is for abortion to be settled 100 percent and they don't even want to ban it right they just like it as a wedge issue so they get people who care about it riled up for political gain the same thing with uh um burning um the flag right i mean you have people on the right who are okay with burning the quran and that's freedom of speech they don't think people should be bu- uh, punished for burning the quran which obviously i agree with you shouldn't be punished for doing that and at the same time they say you know why is the american flag off limits why is the national anthem off limits to do i mean go to a baseball game and look at the people in the box are they re- like how many of them are still getting food or eating during the National Anthem, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if, if you're at home watching a baseball game, do you stand for the National Anthem? Like, probably <laughs> yeah. not. Like, right. should you go, <laughs> mean, so <laughs> you go to jail? For a yeah, year. You go to jail for a, a year. Yeah, for a year. your watching a baseball game on TV. Well, that's so stupid, too. Like, imagine you made it a misdemeanor and a mandatory one-year jail sentence. Like, what's on your record? Like, you you went to jail for a year because you were exercising your freedom of speech? That makes no fucking sense. And it's like, you know, countries that force you to salute the leader and to, like, you know, (laughs) not with the flag. Like, those aren't free countries, you know, typically. Um, uh, Then he had a whole bit... He had another long bit about Air Force One and about how he basically told Boeing he wasn't going to pay as much as, you know, like previous, uh, I guess, Congresses you know, made deals or whatever to pay for a new Air Force One. And uh, I just thought, isn't that classic Trump not paying what is owed? (laughs) You know, because he he was saying that uh, there had to be a three because I think it was like five billion dollars that america had to pay and then i guess donald trump just said nope i'm not doing it we don't want the plane there has to be a three in there and so boeing's like 4.5 billion he's like nope it has to be a three and so they do a best offer and i guess i guess ultimately boeing just said you know whatever <laughs> for you know for uh air force one but i mean classic trump not paying what is owed if there's anything that you well, know, it's funny too because that's like presumably one of the few things you'd want the federal government not to cut corners on cost-wise. <laughs> yeah. And he, and Air Force One. And he kept talking about the televisions when he brought it up. He kept mentioning how many televisions are on Air Force One and how nice it is that there's televisions. Like he said something to the effect that if you open a closet door there's a television, it's just like, you know, more classic Trump, like very impressed with, you know, television. <laughs> um, yeah. He brought up Germany for not, you know, because he did that whole thing where he's cutting the amount of troops because he's claiming Germany doesn't pay enough and Germany's ripping us off. Um, You know, maybe, you know, maybe he's got a point that we're spread out too far and we're spending a lot of money to have troops there. But I mean, like, again, the reason that, you know, Germany, you know, Germany doesn't have to let us have troops there and it... Germany is a massive staging ground for all of our invasions in the Middle East, right? Most of the airplanes like stop in Germany, and most of the troops that go to the Middle East, you know, like you know, have a stopping point in Germany. So it's a massive hub for our kind of like global... well, there's a there's another big reason why Germany is important, and that's if like you're in Afghanistan and you get seriously hurt, they're going to fly you to a hospital in Germany. Which, what does that save an eight hour, you know plane ride across the Atlantic ocean. Right. Um, so that right there, I mean, if we cut all ties, let's just imagine that's a little things that Trump doesn't think about when he just says stuff. Right. So we already know that he'll tweet something, uh, just because he thinks it and then everyone else around him has to come up with the policy, uh, reasons for it and the policy justifications. And more importantly, the policy consequences. So if we were to just cut all ties or we convince Germany to kick American forces out, which they don't want to do. I mean, think of other, I mean, they just don't think about the second, third and fourth order effects of these things. Right. Um, And, you know, like the reason we have troops there in the first place is to kind of defend against a mutual enemy or an ideological rival, right? Like Russia. Yeah. (laughs) And you can argue, well, maybe they're not a big deal anymore, but, you know, it's, You know i don't know it's like uh if they were in the 2012 election for the republicans which is kind of funny that yeah so that's completely changed yeah um later in the speech uh he claims joe biden is going to give more rights to criminals than law-abiding citizens (laughs) what's what's your immediate reaction to that that claim (laughs) I, I, I don't know. I just want to hear more about this. I mean, it's so funny. Like, what is Joe Biden going to do? Give them double the Medicare? Give them twice the vote? Right. <laughs> How are they going to have more rights than Americans? That's such right. a stupid, ignorant thing. It just doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Um, and then he claims... Are they going to get two passports? Like, I don't even... <laughs> yeah. I don't even get it. It's funny, too, because you listen to a lot of these claims, and it's like, at a certain point in the bubble world of conservative politics, like you really do have to be aware of everything that's going on in the bubble. Cause if you're not in the bubble, like some of these insults that uh, Trump claims that all these conservatives just buy into like immediately, you know, you do have to kind of stop and be like, wait, why are they saying that? What's the problem exactly that they believe is a problem that this is a solution to, you know? It really is kind of like a a bubble that uh, that, like average people who don't pay close attention, like might not have any clue what they're talking about. Um, Well, that's like the biggest problem with our our bubbles in American politics right now is that Trump can say stuff that doesn't even make sense, but mm -hmm. elicits a huge response from 30% of the the country. Yeah. I mean, like when he took that drink of water, they start chanting, four more years, four more years. (laughs) It's like all he did was take a drink of water. (laughs) (laughs) Why see people who tweet like funny things Republicans on Twitter say and it's wrong? I mean, it's kind of pointless to just point out like, what one dumb person on Twitter said. But, like, someone had tweeted, some Republican tweeted in, in relationship to Ch- uh, Trump taking that uh, sip of water, saying that, wow, Donald Trump's the best president ever. And then it, like, because he, like, threw the glass of water after it. I mean, like, how does that make him the best president ever in your mind? Don't even get that. Like, Trump is just a 70, you know, 74-year-old man who... Uh, you know, is overweight and stupid and it's like because he threw a glass of water, he's the most courageous, awesome president you've ever seen right. in your life. Plus it's like it's always punching down. Conservatives always punch down like some worker has to clean up that mess. Or if it's shattered, you know, literally some worker has to go clean up the shattered glass. (laughs) And and it's a potential danger to people walking around, you know, maybe cutting up their shoe or if they have sandals or something, cutting their foot. Like, it just shows, like, the disregard for caring about people who, like, literally, you know, that's their job to clean up whatever you want to just throw on the ground because you think, you know, you don't have to care. Um, Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, plus it's stupid, too, because, like, what's the thought behind that? It doesn't even make sense like presumably he's owning the libs by making fun of the media who made fun of him for not being able to which is funny because the media didn't even like make fun of it's like everyone on twitter is not the media and even if like media people are on twitter that's not them in their professional capacity right they're not reporting and writing articles about how trump is stupid that's them tweeting that on on twitter on their own personal accounts which ironically is a freedom of speech thing. Just because you have a job yeah. doesn't take away your constitutional right to freedom of speech in your own personal time. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that New York Times, if you say something stupid, has to keep you on the payroll. But since the, you know they're not doing anything or inciting anything illegal, then like, what's the point of complaining that these media types have their own personal opinions behind the scenes? Right. Uh, moving on to the speech, uh, Trump said that Biden supporting China coming into the World Health Organization was the worst economic deal in US history. And uh, I was just thinking to myself that Trump's really the boy who cried wolf on that one. Anytime Trump says the worst economic deal in history, or just deal, right? Any deal that Trump is saying is the worst, like he's kind of the boy who cried wolf. I mean, how many times can you say that? And like, how many deals can all be tied for the very worst deal in history? TPP is the worst deal in history. NAFTA was the, the worst Iran, deal in history. Iran deal, the, Iran deal. The, uh, the the Climate Peace Accord's the worst deal. <laughs> There's a million deals that Trump thinks is any deal that he didn't personally make. Um, Biden, or he called Biden a puppet for China, which again with the North Korea thing is ironic because you know Bolton's book was saying that Trump literally begged China to help him get elected <laughs> by buying more crops yeah. for him. Which is ironic that Trump is calling China begging them to help him get reelected when trump is constantly scapegoating china for all of america's economic problems and then you know ostensibly trump is right now trying to make a new trade deal with china that objectively screws them over to get back at them for screwing us over you know it's just it's it's just so arbitrary the things he says three degrees is stupid right right <laughs> um let's see oh and then uh, this is kind of getting toward the end of the speech. The speech actually went long for two hours, and a lot of people were were sharing some viral pictures and videos of Trump's uh, rally attendees getting, like, visibly bored and yawning. And yawning. And, and kids <laughs> passing out in their parents' arms and people just sitting there looking bored. And I was watching it on TV in the comfort of my house, and, like, even I was like, oh, my God, this is taking forever. Why is he talking so long? Like, this is really too long. Um... And and, and then I noticed that there really aren't that many ideas for legislation or policy. Like, remember when when former presidents, you know, would have a rally or a big speech? It would be either for like a specific thing that was on the agenda, like that week or month or year or whatever. And certainly when, you know, most presidents are going around doing uh, campaign events, they're kind of outlining things they're going to do the next term, right, that they want. But I mean, for Trump, it was really just him bragging about all these things he allegedly has already done, which, as we've already covered, you know, include a lot of things he's lying about or things that Obama did and he did not. You know, things like that. (laughs) But but there's really no vision for like 2020 to 2024, which is just kind of weird. Um, He says he one thing he did mention that he's going to make he's going to really quickly make the best deal with China you've ever seen. Which is ironic because he's been president for four years. So if he's gonna really fast do it the next term, like what's the holdup this term? Yeah, and is that really mm-hmm. deserving? If <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> didn't uh, in the Bolton book didn't he say something about how uh, Trump basically made a comment to she that some people are looking into removing the constitutional uh, limit for term two terms just for me? And it's like that's clearly how he <laughs> thinks. Yeah, so, like. Yeah, that's pretty dumb. Uh, Trump later claimed that uh, Democrats will allow late-term abortion and after-birth execution. See, this is another one of the bubble ones where you're just like, wait, what? Democrats want after-birth execution? That is not a thing, you know? But, well, have you heard Have you heard Biden say that? Or, or Nancy Pelosi <laughs> yeah. or Chuck Schumer? <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you think Chuck Schumer's up there in the Senate literally railing <laughs> about being able to allow people to <laughs> to, <laughs> to <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> execute late-term abortions? Like, yeah. that's so stupid. Like, the idea that Nancy... Once again, that's an issue that Republicans have been talking about for decades, and they would rather abortion uh, not be... And well, it's funny, too, because how many Republicans have been t- caught basically trying to give... Uh, or force their wives or mistresses into getting abortions. But besides that hypocrisy, the idea that any Democrat's talking about... I mean, it's just... I don't even... It's such the bubble, right? I mean, you have Trump railing about things that no Democrat has ever said. Like, has any Democrat ever said that? I mean, it's just a a ludicrous lie that people just get caught up in the rally and, and agree with and clap to, but, like, it doesn't even make any sense. And it's ironic, too, because if you were a betting man... Trump would be the one president you would most likely bet money on that he's actually, you know, paid for an abortion himself, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, or had yeah. Michael Cohen pay for it, and then he reimburses Michael Cohen, so it's not a campaign finance violation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, like, I'm pretty sure it wasn't Obama, (laughs) right? And another stupid thing is like the late term abortion, right? Like nobody really has like a late term abortion. If it's not like a actual, like medically, uh, induced reason to have it. Right. Like if a baby has some problem where it's like brain is mush, right. Do you like, why should you force women, you know, to like have this total ban on abortion? Why should you not allow, like like basically dead babies in the womb to not be aborted like in the second or third trimester, right? That would be like a good reason to allow it. And this is something that if you think about it, a lot of conservatives always, you know, they say abortion is like a moral problem and they don't want abortion. But a lot of conservatives will admit that, okay, yeah, for certain instances of like the health of the baby and mother and or rape, um, you know, allow abortion. But then they also at the same time want... Well, that's vir- true among Republicans because some Republicans want, like, especially women to have to get the consent of their rapists if they're raped and right. they get pregnant. And that women should thank God for, giving, for getting raped, you know, for the baby. But what I was getting yeah. at is that the whole idea is that Republicans think that some exemptions should be allowed. But the policies that, and laws that Republicans want to pass do not have those exemptions. So it's kind of like the idea that like with like uh, deporting illegal immigrants, you know, it's the idea that it's like, well, I never thought my neighbor who everybody liked and is a great guy and member of our community would get deported. And so it's like the idea that like they want these black and white laws thinking that like various judges and prosecutors will allow some of these exemptions that they themselves admit should be allowed. But like when you write these black and white laws, you like you can't have those exemptions. There isn't a judge saying, oh, you're right. This this totally against abortion law, uh, you know, exists for everything. But this one case, I'll let it pass. You know, that doesn't actually happen. And it's actually kind of like a it's a cognitive thing that some people actually study in the way that like laws and policies are kind of uh, executed, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of an interesting idea there um uh, oh here's a good one trump trump mentioned the daca court case and he kept saying that they basically won daca and it's like what the fuck? what are you saying and he he says that uh trump kept saying that uh they just have to come back and do the paperwork that the supreme court said you basically won just redo the paperwork and come back it was just a clerical error basically uh Which, you know, in a way is technically, I guess you could say true, uh, but like, I guess liberals are kind of lucky that John Roberts, you know, is not willing to let the Trump administration uh, lie in some of their like legal theories, like some of the uh, um, defenders of uh, the DACA lawsuits from the government's position, you know, basically had bad arguments that they were arguing in bad faith. And that's kind of why, um, you know, like uh, the 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 few conservative judges that voted liberally, right? Um, they were kind of recognizing like this is like a total bad faith argument and not a real legitimate um, like lawsuit. Uh, but it, I, I just found that interesting that Trump kept saying we basically won. <laughs> it's like I guess he's going to try again to have another lawsuit. But I mean, at this point, he's not going to be president by the time that actually gets to the Supreme Court. You know. Well, now with his schedule, right. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, he promised that he'll protect pre-existing conditions in healthcare, which uh, I don't think anyone believes. Nothing he has. If they get rid of Obamacare, those uh, pre-existing condition protections literally just disappear immediately. Right. Um, later, he called uh, he called windmills bird killing machines. <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of the best best of hit. You know, the greatest hits for Trump is railing against windmills that he claims he knows more about than anybody. <laughs> you know, uh, He said that, uh, a- he kept mentioning AOC, you know, and he mentioned that well, AOC... A, wants remember to that ar- article I wrote about the bird killing and how, like, right. windmills kill upwards of, you know, somewhere in the hard-to-estimate range of, like, 260,000 to 500,000 birds a year? But, like, that pales in comparison to things like Apparently, uh, like, 800 million birds fly into buildings every year. And that, like, um, uh, cats, like, literally just your pet cats who are outside and then feral cats kill upwards of 1.2 billion birds a year. So being concerned about windmills and birds is just stupid. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, speaking of the windmills, I didn't write the context, I don't remember, but at some point he mentioned that AOC wants us to go back to the Stone Age, which, you know, just logically thinking <laughs> that's probably a perversion of any, of something that she said and is not really what she wants, you know. Well, um, I for one am for that, and I can't wait for AOC's introduction of that bill, taking America back to the Stone Age. <laughs> yeah, right. What would that entail, getting rid of all <laughs> yeah. technology whatsoever? Yeah. Uh, dismantling any house built after like <laughs> ten thousand years ago. <laughs> yeah, we have to That's go so move dumb. into caves. Um, yeah, he he, he uh, insulted Joe Biden and said that Obama took. Uh, uh, oh, he mentioned that Joe Biden has ran for president before and got like one percent of the vote, and he later claimed but so that is Trump. Trump yeah. has run for president before. And uh, got zero percent of the vote, I guess. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he ran a for the America Party, right, in 2000, whatever party he ran for in 2000. Right. and that's something that like, Trump has were... literally run before. Yeah, he, he, he always says that, you know, I won on the first time running for president, but that's, like, literally not true. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I believe it was Roger Stone that got Trump to run, just to kind of screw with uh, Pat Buchanan, who kind of was posing a threat to George W. Bush in 2000, right? Uh, I don't know about that, but I mean, yeah, sure, <laughs> or at least in the primary. Uh, but uh, this is kind of funny. He made a joke about uh, Joe Biden, and he claimed that Obama took one percent Biden off the trash heap <laughs> to make him vice president. That's kind of funny.
1: Um, hey, what
0: was that? <laughs> he, he he called Joe Biden one percent Biden because he got one percent of the vote or whatever, and he said Obama took one percent Biden off the trash heap when he made him vice president. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um, And then he said, uh, Democrats are stout, are sowing division to hide their record of failures, which is, you know, literally the Trump playbook is sowing division to hide his failures <laughs> and his controversies. Um, and then, let's see, this is kind of the end of the list here. He started rambling, I kind of stopped paying attention at about the three-fourths uh, point, and then kind of came back into it. Um, and this is funny, one of the things he says is that... Uh, you know, he had a big, you know, like most politicians, they have a list of accomplishments America has done, just, you know, kind of saying how great of a country America is. And it's funny that he mentioned America defeated fascism, which is hilarious, because he mentions Antifa so many times. So all of these Republicans who are against Antifa, right? Antifa stands for anti-fascism. So if you're against (laughs) Antifa, you're for fascism. So why is he bragging that America defeated fascism, which is kind of you know basically what his campaign is all about yeah that's a good point like they scapegoat everything but that kind on of on nuance TV. is kind of uh escape uh that kind of nuance escapes a lot of people on the right yeah and then my last note is just he says america will thrive like never before and it's like wait i thought we already were thriving thanks to him which is it you know <laughs> it's like make america great again keep america great you know aren't, aren't we already great <laughs> yeah so well, yeah, <laughs> that's that's my notes on the uh, on the rally. <laughs> Any last thoughts? We're at about an hour now. Any last thoughts on the uh, ethos or ideology of Trump or his supporters? Well, I just think it's funny. What a waste! He went all that effort. They they hyped up this rally for weeks, and then um, you know they even threw a pretty substantial media backlash against what a stupid idea it was. And the whole thing was that for Trump to feel better and to see his people and the fact that no one showed up and that Trump was furious and lashed out at uh, members of his own reelection campaign uh, for so few people showing up. So it's funny that like this whole thing, just like them wasting money to show ads in D.C. was just to make Trump feel better. And it completely failed. Yeah. Yeah, What a waste of money. Taxpayer money and Republican campaign money. Yeah, and I'm always intrigued just by, like, the blatant lying, like his press uh, secretary, uh, Kaylee McEnany, uh, you know, saying that, like, oh, I was there and Trump didn't yell. He wasn't mad. He was in great spirits after the uh, successful rally. And it's just like, that's (laughs) such a blatant lie. If everyone is going around saying, oh, yeah, Trump was furious and, you know, you know, he's furious. He's already threatened to sue Brad Parscale for his poll numbers. What about when Brad Parscale <laughs> told him 60,000 people would be there and a million people got tickets, you know? Yeah, it's a good question. Right. Well, on that I mean, note... We'll see uh, if uh, he gets fired soon. Yeah, that would be funny. Uh, it's funny, too, all of the uh, the little bits that, like, the Never Trumpers and, like, the Lincoln Project are doing, pointing out how much money Brad Parscale is making and, like, his his uh fancy sports cars you know uh that, i think that's yeah. actually a very uh a good way to kind of piss off trump and get him to fire brad parscale it's just talking about oh look look how how rich and fancy brad parscale is look at all the money he's making off this campaign you know <laughs> yeah yeah well everybody thanks for listening to brain milk podcast um, i'm dash mcintyre and i am adrian Pope. And uh thank you for following Brain Bell and enjoy the guitar solo.